Now we got it. But um, I would like to uh, just call on you to come to every one of these meetings. We're going to be meeting, of course, all day today. I know that there are people, at least in the United States, where I was a pastor for so many years. Uh, there are always people who come Sunday morning and never come at night. Uh, it's like part of their religion uh, that they come in the morning but not at night. But I'd like to say that we have reason to come together every night this week, to come all day today and then tomorrow night right through Thursday because God's people are gathering to seek the face of the Lord. And he said more than once in the Bible, if you seek me, you will see. And the Lord will come if his people will seek him. And uh, we're, we're going to be learning some things that will help us the rest of our life. I'm not exaggerating. We really will. And it'll be worth coming back. So let me suggest that if you're one of those Sunday morning people, I don't know who you are, uh, but I know you're here. If you're a Sunday morning person, break the rules and come back tonight. Okay, stay all day, come back tonight, break the rules, and uh, come back deliberately uh, to join us for something really, really special. Now, I told you, we're turning to John chapter 16, which go all the way to the end, verse 33. John 16, 33. Now, if you have a red letter New Testament or a Bible, this is in red. That means that uh, these are words Jesus spoke. Okay, ready? He said this. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Now, this is an interesting conclusion to a long talk. If you have a red-letter New Testament or Bible, you'll find that a lot of pages here are in red. That's because John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, that's five chapters out of 21 in the book of John, are one talk, one talk Jesus had with his disciples the night before he died. They began in the upper room, and then at the end of chapter 14, we are told that they are transitioning to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's still talking to them. And all the words are recorded here, and they're extremely important words. He says, now I'm going to go away, and their hearts were troubled. But it's not bad, it's good. Because when I go away, the New Testament age will begin, and it's going to be a phenomenal time for God's people, for you. And that night he just had this long talk. It's recorded in the Bible so we can have the same talk with him. It's really great. Now, at the end of the talk is verse 33 of chapter 16. In chapter 17, as you read it, it's a prayer they heard him pray on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he prayed for them and us. He prayed for them and us. But he concludes the talk with verse 33. And now I'd like you to read it again, only out loud with me. Can we read John 16, 33? If you just walked in, we're at John 16, 33, and you've got to help me because we're going to all read this together, okay? So get your Bible open or sit next to someone who's got a Bible, and let's all read it. These are the words of Jesus Christ to you and me, verse 33, he said. Ready? Starting with these. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have truth, but 
Now, you could sum up the book of John as a book that's about life, L-I-F-E, about Jesus Christ. The Bible says in the book of John, he not only came to give his life for the world, he gave his life to the world. And if you have received him, you have everlasting life. And that doesn't just mean you're going to go to heaven when you die, but I'm glad I'm going to heaven, aren't you? It means his life is in you. And in John 13 through 17, he explains how to live it. That's what this is about. About living the life of Christ. It's an amazing section of scripture. Let's pray right now. Dear Lord, we're asking you to enlighten us as to where we really are. Help us, Lord, to see why we fail and what you have for us. Let Sunday School be a great prelude uh, to this week. And may you really revive your people at LifeGate, including all of us. And begin that work right now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, <clears throat> he says, I am going to teach you, I have just taught you, chapters 13 through 16, these things I have spoken unto you, how to have the right kind of life, okay? And he says this, listen, there are two places a Christian can live. There are two ways a Christian can live, two ways, a good way and a bad way. In chapter 15, if you keep coming this week, we'll get to chapter 15. He says, abide in me. That's the right way to live. And there's such a thing as abide not in me. A born-again person who's not abiding in Christ. Now, there's a right way and a wrong way to live. In John chapter 6, Jesus said, come to me and you'll be saved. Okay? In John chapter 15, he says, abide in me and you'll bear fruit. So, how do you get saved? Come to Jesus. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. How do you live after you get saved? Abide in me. Abide in me. And we're going to learn in the next few days about this. Not if you don't get what I'm saying right now. Except for this, there's a right and a wrong way to live the Christian life. Now, I am from the United States, as you know. And you know Paul Rains is with you. And probably you're coming to love and appreciate Americans more and more as you have Paul Rains around here. That's why you're keeping him out here so long. Our country is so careful about immigration. They're careful about who they let in there. Unless they come from Mexico, then, uh, then anybody can come in. But anyway, it's ironic. I'm glad you've had. But uh, there's, except you do drive in Ireland, and you do drive, I drive in America. Uh, the first time I came to Ireland, I rented a car and went west. And I discovered that you drive on the wrong side of the road. Of course, you know I'm kidding. And your side left is correct. So uh, it's different, but it's the same. Okay, now, talking about the right and the wrong way to live. Okay, if I were to ask you, how good of a driver are you? There are two ways to answer that question. Number one, you could say, look at my traffic record. Maybe your traffic record says, no accidents, no tickets, maybe. Okay, 
So you must be a good driver. Okay, that's one way to determine how good of a driver you are. Look at your traffic record. Here's the other way. I could ride with you. If I took a ride with you, I might discover that your good traffic record is because the police are not paying attention. <laughs> or you're lucky. <laughs> and here I am going with you, and you're really driving fast, and you're, you know, going over the middle line, and it's, uh, you scare me to death. And that's how you drive. That's how you drive. Okay, now watch. If I said, how good of a Christian are you, you could tell me your record. You know, I haven't scandalized the church. I haven't been to jail. Uh, I show up in church Sunday morning, and Pastor O'Gorman's really happy to see me. I write checks. You can tell me that stuff, but that's not how you live. You know, uh, a lot of Christian people are living it the wrong way. And you know what? Maybe you've got a good record because this is not a good word to use in church, but you're lucky. (laughs) The fact is, the way you live, you are really, really uh, on the verge of a fall. (laughs) Where everybody's going to know how you're living. And there's a right and a wrong way to live. Okay, now watch to this verse. Okay, Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you, John 13 through 16, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now watch. There are two places you and I could live today. We could live in Jesus. And in Jesus we'll have peace. No matter what's going on, we'll have peace. Matter of fact, in that section of Scripture, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The right kind of Christian life, listen, is characterized by peace all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. The peace that passeth. Yeah. Okay, now, I could live in Jesus today, and I would have peace no matter what. Or I could live in the world. Now, live in the world is not talking about physically. All of us are attached to planet Earth by gravity. So we're in the world. I know that we're in the world, but not of the world. Now watch this. To live in the world has to do with mentally. These things have I spoken unto you. Words, concepts, and ideas that make it so that even though I'm attached to planet Earth, I don't have to live in the world. I can live in Jesus. Okay, if I live in Jesus, I will have... Okay, if I live in the world, I will have... No matter what, I could be on easy street. I could have everything going right. I could have everybody liking me and be miserable. You know what? Because I'm living in the wrong place. See, a Christian, we're taught in the Bible, there are two ways a Christian can live, the right way or the wrong way. I could either live, for example, in Jesus and have, or I could live in the world and have tribulation. Now let me, I'm going to make some comparisons here. Let me go just a little further about that comparison. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 17, Jesus said, and the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now watch. 
The fundamental difference between living in Jesus and living in the world is the difference between lust and the will of God. In the Bible, the word lust doesn't mean dirty thoughts. We learned that yesterday in the, in the uh, men's conference. But it means strong desire. And the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. To live in the world means to live your whole day according to your own lusts. Lust of the flesh, what I crave. Lust of the eyes, what I see and what I want. Pride of life, I'm somebody. That's the philosophy of life that unsaved people live. But Christians can live that way too. That's what a worldly Christian is. Okay, you live that way, you're going to have tribulation. Okay, but to live in Jesus, that night he said, abide in me. And he said that abide in me is to be committed to do the will of God. <laughs> See, and that's the guy who wakes up in the morning and he says, Lord, what do you want me to do today? I'm at your beck and call. Whatever you want done, I'll do. I'm your friend. And he said, you're my friends. If you do whatsoever I command you, I'll do whatever, 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 whatever. Whatever pleases you, that's living in Jesus. And all day long, I've got peace. Those are the two ways you can live. According to lust or according to the will of God. Now, I'm going to go further. I think you know about this. There's another way to look at the two ways a Christian can live. I can live in the spirit, or I can live in the flesh. How many of you ever heard that comparison before? Okay. Now, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, a Christian who lives according to his flesh, his human nature, would be called what? Do you know that word? Carnal. Okay, carnal. The word carnal comes from the word for flesh. Okay. So, what is a carnal man? A carnal man is a man who has the Holy Spirit because he's saved, but he lives like he doesn't. In other words, he has God inside, but he neglects him. You know, that's an anomaly. The angels are mystified. Father, how is it that she has the Holy Ghost living inside her body, making her body a temple? How come she has the Holy Spirit there to help her all day long and she neglects him? I've got God inside. And I live like I don't. I live according to the impulses of my flesh, my human nature. Where I want to do this and I want to do that. And I end up failing and sinning because I'm living according to the flesh. Matter of fact, it says in the Bible book of Galatians, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Two opposite ways to live. See, the spirit was given to us to help us live the Christian life. That night he said, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father. He will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth and the Holy Spirit was given to me to help me live the Christian life. Now, the Lord has some pretty hard commandments he gave us, okay? And, but friends, I've got a helper inside to help me keep them all. God says, forgive. The Holy Spirit will help me forgive. God says, love. The Holy Spirit will help me love people that I don't love. Oh, 
God's commandments say to be holy. And you know what? I'm not a holy man, but I've got a holy person who lives inside me. And if I walk according to the Spirit, and I lean on Him, <laughs> I am going to uh, live the Christian life. But if I rely on my flesh, even if I rely on my flesh to live the Christian life, some people get up in the morning and decide, well, here's another day I'm liable to fall. Another chance to fail. But this time, I'm going to rit, grit my teeth, buckle down, put my nose to the grindstone, and I'm going to make myself live right. And I'm going to go to LifeGate today and love those people, even though I don't. And I'm going to look right that guy in the eye that I can't stand, and I'll say, I love you, brother. I'll tell you, I'm going to buckle down, and I am going to be a good Christian today. You know what that is? Trying to live the Christian life in the flesh. See, and so that's why you fail. The wrong way to live. So, how can you live? In the spirit or in the flesh. And Galatians 5 says, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Sounds like a series of sermons. But it's one person. Wouldn't it be great to run into somebody today who is characterized by love, joy, peace, long-suffering, that's patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Boy, I'd like to get around somebody like that. You know who that is? Somebody walking in the Spirit. Okay? Or, same chapter says, the works of the flesh are these, adultery, fornication, witchcraft. Not a good deal. And did you know, we have the potential for either one of those kinds of lives, because we've got a flesh. And if you're saved, we've got the Holy Spirit. And it's one or the other. Two ways to live. Now, I'm going to make a point here, so stay with me. Number three, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Those are two ways to live. See, walk by faith means I get up and I read my Bible. And you know why I read my Bible in the morning? To get a reality check. I have voices in my head. Now, no, I'm, I'm not schizophrenic. I'm sorry. But, and you do, too, that lie to us. They lie to us. You know what they say? Life is chaos. You don't know what's going to happen today. Nobody loves you. You're a failure. Oh, yeah. But when I read my Bible, you know what I get? A reality check. You know what I find out right away? Life is not chaos. The ruler of the universe is my father. He works all things together for, for my good. Whoa. I can thank him for everything. Did you know for a Christian, nothing goes wrong? It might not be the way I planned it, but my father makes sure that everything works together for good. That's reality. There is a God. There is a devil. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. God's going to win. <laughs> Whoa! My sins are forgiven. My name is in heaven. That's reality. And if I believe it, you know what I'm doing? Walking by faith. Walking by faith. See? Not by sight. See, if I walk by sight, then I just evaluate everything the way it looks to me. You know, it looks to me like the whole thing's lost. <laughs> you know, my marriage, my finances, my health, 
Oh, it's a mess. But I'm going to tell you, walk by faith says the doctor's word isn't the final word. (laughs) See, walk by faith says there's hope. There's God. God answers prayer. Walk by sight says might as well throw in the towel. (laughs) And that's two ways to live. By faith or by sight. One way or the other. And in our passage that we're kind of looking at this week, he puts it this way. You can abide in me or abide not in me. Matter of fact, why don't you turn back to chapter 15 and then I'm going to make my point. Won't it be nice when I finally get around to my point? The metaphor is, I'm the true vine, Jesus says, and you are branches off the vine. And uh, your purpose is to bear my fruit, to have grapes come out, okay? The only way a branch can bear fruit is if it abides in the vine, if you stay connected. Because a branch cannot bring forth fruit by itself. It's the life-giving sap from the vine flowing through the branch that brings forth the fruit. That's the whole thing. So the right way to live is stay connected to me. Abide in me. And the wrong way is abide not in me. Now look at verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Why is that? The fruit isn't mine, it's his. So I can expect a lot. You know, there's my potential. Wow, okay, let's keep going here. The same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. Now watch this. If a man abide not in me... He is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Now watch. Verse 5 says, abide in me and bear much fruit. Verse 6 says, if you abide not in me, you wither. Verse 7 says, if you abide in me, you prosper or flourish. Now, I want us to go back to verse 6, okay? Now, look at it again, please, and notice the pronouns. How many of you remember from school what a pronoun is? About three of you. Okay, that's what I was afraid of. I'll point them out. Okay, watch this. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them. That's a pronoun, them. Now, a pronoun has an antecedent. Aren't you glad I'm bringing up all this stuff from school? You, you thought you were through with that. But, uh, okay, them. What is the antecedent of them? What does this pronoun refer to when it says them? What? I didn't hear you. More than one what? In this sentence. The branches. So look at verse 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. Okay? He is cast forth like a fruitless branch would be cast forth. Okay? And men gather them. The men? No. The branches. And uh, cast them into the fire. They are burned. Now this verse doesn't say a Christian gets burned. Because we don't go to hell. 
No, no, no. It says it's an illustration. See, if a man abide not in me, he's going to be worthless. He's not going to bear my fruit because he's disconnected. And uh, he's worthless, just like a branch is worthless. And what they do with them is they throw them in the trash and burn them. But the verse does not say a man who abides not in Christ will be burned, but it does say something will happen to him. What is it? Watching the pronouns. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and... Come on. He withers. Now I'm going to tell you the truth. A man or a woman who disconnects with Jesus Christ, you know what happens to him? He withers. You know why? The source of life is no longer connected to him. Now, I don't mean you're not saved, but I'm talking about that vitality called the life of Christ isn't flowing through you anymore. You know what happens to you? And I've seen it, and so have you. A Christian not abiding in Christ will wither spiritually. But you know what else? I think he or she will wither psychologically and physically. I can remember more than one time in my life, and I'm telling you, I'm an old man. Maybe you don't know that, but I've been around a long time. So this is a lot of years of experience. I was saved as a teenager, and I'm not a teenager anymore. But more than once, this is a sad story. I will hear about a friend maybe that I went to college with who was living for God, had a happy marriage, and I'll hear some bad news about him, which would be evidence that he's not abiding in Christ. Oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Time will go on, maybe a couple of years. Then by providence, coincidence, I'll run into him. This has happened more than once. And you know what he'll say? He'll say, Rick Flanders. And I'll say, and I'll recognize him. You know, Joe Blow. Joe, is that you? Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I'm glad I ran into you today. Good to see you, Joe. Then I'll go home and I'll say to my wife, you'll never guess who I saw today. Who'd you see? I saw Joe Blow. But you know what? He has aged. And it's not just age. And you know what? He looks awful. I'm talking about physically he looks awful. Yeah. Have you ever had that? You know what happens? When a Christian's not abiding in Christ, they wither. But we can get forgiven and get reconnected. Now, what is Sunday school about this morning? There's really two ways to live. And you know what? Each of these comparisons I've made are the same. I can live in Jesus and have peace. Or I can live in the world and have tribulation. I can walk in the Spirit and have the fruit of the Spirit. Or I can fulfill the lust of the flesh and do the works of the flesh. I can walk by faith or by sight. I can abide in Jesus today or abide not in him and wither. I can abide in him and flourish and abide not in him and uh, wither. Now, 
they're the same. What are you talking about? Living in Jesus, walking in the Spirit, living by faith, and abiding in Christ are the same. Those are different ways of talking about the same life. Or, living in the world, walking in the flesh, walking by sight, and abiding not in Christ. That's the same life. It's really two ways, not 17 ways. Two ways. I either live this way or that way. The right way or the wrong way. Trusting Christ and obeying him or going my own way and trusting in myself. And I have a choice. You know, I know some theologies that say if you're born again, you will automatically live this way. Man, I wish that was true. <laughs> You know, matter of fact, even that abide in me chapter, chapter 15, it says abide in me, and in the Greek language, that's an imperative verb, means it's a command. That means you have a choice. You come to me, and that's permanent. It's everlasting life. But how I live, abide in me or not, is a day-by-day, moment-by-moment, hour-by-hour choice. Now, <clears throat> I come to LifeGate after a few years, and I'm here for Sunday school. How many of you came to Sunday school today? Okay, good. I'm not asking if you came on time. I'm asking if you came. <laughs> and you know what, friends? Some of us came this morning, and we're not living right. And I'm not talking about your traffic record. I'm not asking you if you, if you told a lie or swore this week. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the way you live. <laughs> and you know what? There are people becoming more and more aware in Sunday school. You know what? There's my problem. I'm not living right. See, I'm not abiding in him. I'm abiding not in him and withering. I'm not walking in the spirit. I'm walking in the flesh. I might look good. I might still have the same look as the spiritual man I used to be. But you know what? That's not the way I live. <laughs> I'm not living in Jesus. I don't have any peace. I'm living in the world. <laughs> See, that's me. And you know what? There's the fundamental problem. There's the fundamental problem. Even how you make decisions every day. It's either, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Or, hmm, I wonder how I'm going to work this out. Yeah, who are you? I'm not asking who were you. I'm not talking about your record in history. I'm not talking about the wonderful days of the past. I'm talking about now. I'm not talking about have you had revival. I'm talking about are you living in revival right now? And here is something. You can make the switch. You can make the switch. Did you know you could do that? You know, you're not stuck. You know, you can say, you know, Lord, uh, I'm not abiding in you. I'm not living by faith. I'm living by sight. You know what? I'm not walking in the Spirit. You know what I think I do? I'll do. I think before we even get to church this morning, I'm going to make the switch. Now, how do you make the switch? Believe this or not. Ready for this? By choice. By choice. By decision. By saying, you know what? I'm living the wrong way, so I'm going to make the switch right now. <laughs> I can start walking in the spirit before it's even 11 o'clock <laughs> by choosing, you know, by saying, 
Lord, I've been wrong. I'd like to get reconnected. Not sometime today or before the end of the week, but right now. You know, I'm repenting. Make the choice. More than once in the Bible, make this which is compared to changing clothes. In Romans chapter 13, it says, Now the night is far spent, so take off your night clothes. In other words, change from your pajamas to your street clothes. And all of you did that today. I don't see anybody in your pajamas. Okay, you might have come here, might have night clothes. It just changed. Or it says, put off the old man, put on the new man. How many ever heard that? See, that's not hard. You know what that is? You know, here I am, walking in the flesh, living by sight, living in the world. I'm going to take that off, and I'm going to put on Jesus Christ by a choice. And I'm going to tell you there's an instant change that will bear fruit throughout the day. As you say, Lord, without you, I can do nothing. So I'm turning back to you in reliance and commitment. And I don't think I talked over your head today, but I want to get to the heart of things right now here at the beginning, and that is how are you living. There are two ways for a Christian to live, and I think everybody who's here this morning has lived those two ways sometime in your life. Now, where are you right now? And you know what? I'm coming to the end of this. I don't think this is even hard. I think that right now, God's Spirit is bearing witness, and everybody in the room who's a Christian knows which side you're on right now. Well, brother, make the switch. Let's bow our heads, can we? And since we're bowing our heads, why don't we talk to the Lord? And I'm not going to talk to you for a minute. Why don't you talk to the Lord? Now, if you'll let me interrupt just a minute, let me ask you something. Keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed. Who would say to me, Brother Flanders, I have or I need to make the switch. I'm moving from the wrong side to the right side. I'm moving over to living by faith and in the spirit, so on. Preacher, I'm somebody who came to Sunday school, and the fact is, maybe for days, weeks, months, years, or maybe just this morning, I've been living the wrong way. I'm a Christian, but Brother Flanders, I need to make the switch, and I'm talking to the Lord about that right now. If that's you, raise your hand. And take it down. Who else? Who else? Now fold your hands in your lap and tell the Lord about it. And ask him now to take over your life. Put your dependence on him and make a commitment to do his will throughout the day. Let God wash away the hindrance between you and him. And let Jesus Christ reconnect and let the life-giving sap flow from the vine right through you. Starting right now. And who would say now, Brother Flanders, I didn't communicate with you about this before, but I want to ask you to pray for me now. I need to make a switch today, and I'd like your prayers. If that would be somebody else, raise your hand. 
Thank you, Father, for providing for us the most wonderful life in the world. Jesus said, you said, Jesus, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Let us, Lord, live in dependence on you today with a commitment to do your will. Let this day be a better day. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, thank you a whole lot. Appreciate you being here and paying attention. God bless you.